This is Jesse Parker and Tommy Niblack. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Faith, Faith Chair, Chair, where we answer the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. In this episode, it's couples therapy, y'all. Tommy and I are joined by our amazing wives to continue to talk about our love stories, our marriages, the ups and downs, and the lessons we've learned. Hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Yo, it is Faith Chair Friday, and it is a sunny Friday here in Seattle. Thank God. Um, we do thank God. Thank the Lord. And it's not that we only thank Him for sunny days. It's just that it's so... It, it rains a lot here. <laughs> but And everybody knows that, and it's true. It does rain a lot, but when it's sunny, good Lord, it's beautiful. So we say thank you to God in heaven for that. <laughs> so we also say thank you because it's Friday and it's Faith Chair Friday. Yep. And that's a lot of things to be thankful. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> um, on today's episode, though, we are joined by some very special people. Jesse, who is your guest? <laughs> I'm trying to remember her name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, so we were gonna do that. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I want his real. All right. That's good. We are, uh, both Tommy and I are excited today to be joined in this season where we talk about relationships. We told you guys, we're like, we know better. We've both been married long enough to know. You don't tell your marriage story and your lessons learned only from your perspective. So That's right. I am excited to be joined by my other half. Not better half, we are equal. My other half. Much better looking <laughs> half. I will definitely give her that. I see that. I see that. I like that. Let's change it right my, now. My, my gifted half. She mm-hmm. hates it when I talk about how gorgeous she is. Because she thinks that's cliche, but truth is truth. Um, real my real wife, real. Genesis, uh, Wellington A. Parker, she conned me with the hyphenation because my <laughs> name my name never fits on any paperwork. <laughs> The Parker always gets cut off. You're so strategic. She hoodwinked me so cold. How how do you pronounce that? Wellingtone. My phone is dumb. (laughs) They call it a smartphone, but it's a dumb phone because it says Ugilatine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry. Ugilatine. Okay. I was funny. Before it even released, I played her the, the... the last episode that hasn't even it's gonna oh. be two more weeks because mm-hmm. he Tommy was so sure that he had Joel's name right oh. and then it wasn't even close <laughs> it wasn't even close and his reaction he was like what this whole time I've been saying it wrong I was like he said it like what did you say so, the way he pronounced so it. how do you pronounce it I now that remember. it's been a week <laughs> I can't even remember that's, a little bit of that's how hard it was <laughs> They have some letter combinations that are similar to Samoan in that they don't sound like in English what we would think they sound like. It's so crazy. Yeah, so you want to say hey to the people? Hey, people. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be more talkative later. I hope. (laughs) Tommy, who are we joined by on your side? Well, today we are joined by my lovely wife, Mariah. She's been on the podcast before. Um... And she's Genesis. Genesis has been with us before Mm -hmm. too, Uh, but I don't think in this capacity. I don't think we ever talked about relationship stuff stuff or our personal relationships and everything. Me and Tommy were too scared. (laughs) (laughs) And you should be. (laughs) We're not letting we're not letting anyone hear. No, but this episode will be heavily edited. (laughs) (laughs) When you guys listen to it, you're like, wait a second, where that we talked about that? Where is it? Um, but yeah, like Jesse said, this month, uh, well, this season, since it's since we released our first episode in February, um, 
we decided to go with relationships for this for this whole season to talk about the different dynamics of relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And we started with telling how we met, how I met you, Jesse, how he met um, Genesis, and how their marriage has been um, in the beginning, the middle part, and to present. And I did the same thing. And so, like, like you said, wasn't fair hearing it from our perspective. So we got the, the part how we met right. That, that doesn't <laughs> need to try. He, he kept going back to be like, hold on, I messed up the timeline. And <laughs> I was like, I know Mariah amended. knows this guy. Tommy be all over the place. Um, but, yeah, I guess we can we can start out asking you guys, and then y'all can ask. But, like, how was it for you, Genesis, bringing Jesse into uh, all um, Samoan culture? Like, was it difficult for him to acclimate to the culture? Were you like, oh, I don't know how they're going to respond to him? Like, how was that? It was fine. I think, uh, you know, I have the benefit of having a family that is uh, Americanized in in a way. You Mm -hmm. know, we haven't lost our culture or our identity, but uh, they understand what it means to be Americanized. And so they were already used to diversity. I mean, and so by the time I had met Jesse... I'm going to be honest, when I was growing up, they thought I was going to marry a black man. <laughs> oh, they were like, yeah, you're going to marry a black man. And I was Must like... Be for real, you already had a white boyfriend, so... Are we going to go there? <laughs> oh, okay, so this is getting real, real fast. Anyway, long story short, I'm my saying family... I wasn't the lightest complexion person that they'd ever had her come home with. Oh, so. interesting. So my family had already loved Jesse. He had the added bonus of my family actually met Jesse before I did. Um, and that's the story in itself. So by the time Jesse came into the family, he was already a part of it. And yeah. so there was no real awkwardness or no time to, you know, get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Because we had met at church, it was just kind of a natural thing for him to join the family and become one of us. I'm still mm-hmm. pretty sure that your mom likes me better than you. That's, oh, that's, that's, for, sure. Yeah. that's for sure. That's for sure. You've been making up ground the last few that, years. That is sure. literally the same story that we have. My mother-in-law loves me way more than she loves Mariah. Yeah. I'm, I'm her favorite. I've come to peace with that. I, so. I, I, I beg to differ. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Yeah. She, re- she really does love Tommy a lot, but I'm... I'm still her favorite. My siblings, I hope, don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's kind of cool because not everybody has that story where they have a, 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 a ethnic group that is open to others, you know, outside the, that ethnicity coming in, right. marrying their own. So, um, what was it like for, from your perspective? Those first few years. Hell. Years. <laughs> <laughs> it was hell. <laughs> oh, is that what you answered the first time? Because I haven't listened to points. this. Yeah. I haven't listened points. to the other. What's that game where the couple's out there? The newlyweds. Yeah, it was hell. You get 20 points. You know, <laughs> when we first got together, I was coming out of a relationship that I was in for a long time in high school, very unhealthy. Um, but you know, I had connected with that person. And so emotionally it was really difficult for me to break that off. 
Um, but we had already kind of been on the rocks because I had sensed that God didn't, he wasn't the one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your flesh wants what it wants. And so my family, actually, my mom and my aunt had gone to the church that Jesse was at. And it'll all come full circle later. But they had seen Jesse and uh, kind of had an inclination that something was going to happen. And so I got to the church. Jesse told the story last week. We came to church doubled in size. It was revival. You know, I had like 20 people with me. And uh, we never... <laughs> we didn't talk for the whole first year. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, we joked that like Jesse was standoffish and I was in my own world, but we were serving in different ministries. He mm-hmm. was always in the sound booth and she was biding her time doing research. Get your life. Okay, <laughs> get your life. Um, so yeah, we just didn't talk and it didn't happen until it was supposed to happen. But I think the two most amazing stories that Jesse didn't tell on last podcast is one of the ways I knew Jesse was supposed to be the one was we had a lady named Sister Louise in our mm-hmm. congregation. Mm-hmm. Sister Louise was the typical like church mother praying in the spirit and everybody loved her. And Sister Louise was like, Genesee, one day after service, she's like, Jesse, come here. She's like, now, nah, girl, you know, I love you, but you ain't supposed to be with that man my ex-boyfriend and I was already kind of feeling that and so of course I did what everybody does I avoided her like the plague like whenever I would go to church I wouldn't be near her so we would have potluck after service and I would see Sister Louise trying to come to me and I would make a beeline for the kitchen I was like (laughs) nope 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 Uh, so finally Sister Louise went to one of my aunts because she knew how much I respect my aunts how much I love them and uh, she Gave her a message. So it was Sunday dinner. My aunt pulled me out. Well, actually, we were going to go inside. And she was like, stay in the car for a minute. And I knew. I was like, dang. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, so Sister Louise talked to me today. And she wanted me to tell you that she loves you very much. And she already told you what the Lord has said. But the Lord wants to give some clarification. The reason why this man is not the one who's meant for you is because the man who is meant for you is going to be purpose for you. Alone, you're gifted, you're anointed, but together you're dynamic. <laughs> and so the man that God is bringing for you, mm-hmm. you guys are going to be able to do ministry together. You're going to have dominion together. And if you don't break off this relationship that you're currently in, you're going to forfeit your call to ministry. And I was like, dang. <laughs> you know, I had a lot to consider. I right, mean, right, and right, right, right. so, you know, I, I was torn up about that. And then fast forward to when Jesse and I actually become official. My mom, she's a thug, okay? She can listen to this podcast. You know you're a thug. And she was sitting out <laughs> on the porch and she had a cigarette in her mouth. And uh-huh. I walked outside and I was like, so I have something to tell you. And she's like, what? And she's not looking at me. She's drinking her cup of coffee, has her cigarette in her mouth. And I'm like, so me and Jesse Parker, we're official. My mom's not even looking at me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I see a tear roll down her eye. Wow. She and sucked it right back up. She sucked it right back up. Because <laughs> she's too gangster for that. But she was yeah. like, That's uh, you know, my mom, she has a relationship with Jesus. She loves the Lord. But it, it's just, you know, it's different. But what she told me was, she was like, when I saw Jesse, he gave the offering that night I went to service. And when we prayed, I prayed, God, that is the man that my daughter is going to marry. Wow. 
And so for my mom, that was a big testimony Mm -hmm. because, you know, my mom prays and my mom believes in the Lord, but never is she one to like call something out like that. Never is she one to like prophesy it. But she was like, I felt it so strongly. I just knew that he was your husband. Mm -hmm. And so like those are the two stories, I think, in addition to what Jesse said last week, was the bedrock of our foundation, knowing Mm -hmm. that truly it was God that brought us together. Everything In me and Jesse, our flesh, our personalities, the way we mix and the way we clash, everything said, no, this is not going to work. Like, by year four, we were done. Like, it was hell on earth. Mm. But that foundational piece, the piece where it's like God has called you, God has said, God has confirmed through your mom, those are all the things that kept us Mm. in the long run. And that's why we're here, what, 14 years later, 12 years of marriage, uh, is just because... And I'll point out a key in that story that a lot of people get wrong in that her mom did not come to the service, see me pray, have that thought, and then try to play matchmaker. No. Mm-hmm. Right. And Sister Louise gave her the word of the Lord, but did not, she knew that it was, she was supposed to be with me. Yeah. And she but never she said anything. she kept that part to herself. Got you. Right. So when we right? became official, I told Sister Louise, when we sat down with her, Sister Louise was like, I knew it. Hallelujah. Like, I knew he was a, but she yeah, never yeah. once let us know. Like, my yeah. mom never once let us know. That was just between them and God. And when it was mm-hmm. time for it to happen, it happened. So, I mean, you're yeah. right in the fact that that's a key element is like, if the Lord shows you something for someone, that doesn't mean to say it. It means you got to pray through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And if the Lord doesn't right. give you, like, you need to tell them this, then don't then do it. Don't so. There are a lot of prophetic and un- non-prophetic people in the church who just be meddling too much. Ooh, yes. I so agree. Hey, so <laughs> that brings up a question uh, surrounding the whole uh, the one and my soulmate and all this stuff like that. I love how Sister Louise said he's the one. That God has for you, and you guys got married, but she didn't say. God said that He's the one, and you guys are going to have a horrible first four years. Yeah, because <laughs> I would be like, but sign me up. Yeah, anyway. I need to hit her up and be like, but do no, it anyway. Where was the was disclaimer? there more to this vision? Do y'all think? Do y'all think this is for all you guys? Do y'all think there is something to that, or is it just I made a commitment to you? And I'm going to, I like how Jesse said um, uh, on a couple podcasts ago, we knew we were together for a purpose, for yeah. a reason. So regardless of whatever crap we were going through, yeah. we knew we had to work through that to get to why we were together. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So like, and I get why people talk about the soulmate thing, but what do y'all think about that as opposed to, uh, at in regards to, uh, yeah, but there is crap to get through before you get to the soulmate stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody ever says, yeah, that's your soulmate, but you guys are about to have some crap come up real soon. It's probably going to last about three, four years. Maybe five. <laughs> or seven. Or, or seven. <laughs> what, are y'all, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Soulmates. You know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the word soulmates. 
Uh, it's not that I don't believe, mm-hmm. but it's not that I believe either. I just think that God has intended somebody for each person. Now, because soulmates for me can mean platonic. It can mean like I connect with Mariah in a way that I don't connect with other people. I can mm-hmm. connect with you in a way. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just as like soulmatey as like me and Jesse. So I guess I, I look I'm at saying, it. I never thought about it kind like of that. different. We should change the term to soul match. Yeah, like, mm. you know, kindred spirits. Like, yeah, yes. I understand. Yes. I feel like I've known you forever. I yeah. feel like I can talk to gotcha. you. About, and right. I believe that that's the Lord, too. Like, he yeah. leads us to certain people, certain relationships, so you can be in covenant. You can support each other, keep each other accountable. So I don't know that I necessarily buy into the whole soulmate thing just because, I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah. I guess I... I, I just saw a post. I'm going to say it was J.D. Greer, mm-hmm. but it may have been somebody else. who It might have been like t- a Tim Keller, somebody up there. So, J.D., if it's you, my bad, bro. Or if it wasn't <laughs> you, my bad, if it's somebody else. I'm just... But, but it was interesting. He was posting about uh, the idea of, like, um, the two becoming one. Yeah. And, and how people misconstrue that into be, trying to basically say that, like, you have to become one person. In the idea that like a couple needs to then become the same person, right? Right. And and that he's like, that's not what is what it's really about. Mm-hmm. You you're complete people who God brings together into a unity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you do you accomplish things together that you couldn't apart, but you're not the same person. That's right. Yeah. And, and the never example that he gave was he had a, and I was like, of course, I watched too many criminal shows with her, and so my <laughs> mind went somewhere else. But he was like, he's like, I knew this guy who was a pastor, who. Um, was widowed three times. Mm-hmm. And like three times was kind of a lot of pattern when they That was where my mind went, right? CSI. But, CSI. but after my brain went there, I was reading it and he was basically saying like this, this even though this guy's had situations mm-hmm. and I didn't see the details of whether it was like, I think I think it was like a sickness and then there was an accident and like, you know, it wasn't always the same situation. Right, right, right. But, but he was like, in each one of those times, while he was married, while he was widowed, when he got married again, mm-hmm. during, during all those times, his calling and gifts were all the, the same. None of them defaulted because right. his wife was person. gone, right? And or, it's or like, this, yeah. But that's sometimes how people think about like so, like even the idea of soulmate. Oh, there's one person. What happens if they so, die? If they die, and you're just supposed to live your whole. We've had that conversation. Mm-hmm. She's like, you would get remarried. I'm like, no, you would get remarried because I can live on my own. She's a social creature. So. And, and she don't really cook, so. Sorry. She's she going to be out I'm, every I'm night. I'm an Italian man. I do, I do a lot of the cooking, right? So I'm like, nah, you would need somebody. But uh, we joke about it, but it's it's real. Yeah. You know, so like, it's can someone have more than one soulmate? And that's why I think maybe thinking about it in terms of a soul match. I was just counseling with a, a brother of mine who's been going through some crazy stuff in, in a relationship. And I'm like, look, man, you need to, you're you're trying to force a square peg into a round hole instead of focusing on yourself, mm-hmm. maturing in the areas you need to mature, and then mm-hmm. find someone who fits you and you fit them. Mm-hmm. And then the love and the, the, ma- the, like, the relationship and the romance actually can build from that. Yeah. So many times we approach the idea of a soulmate and all the romance has to happen beforehand. Right. right. Like, that's not, that's that what honestly I was getting has at. only worked, that's only been a reality in human history for about like 150 years. Mm-hmm. Out of the last, what, how many thousands of, of years has that actually been like a real reality mm-hmm. for the majority of human beings? And so we have to realize like, 
there's been lots of people who had incredible marriages, incredible families, mm-hmm. built the kingdom, been successful, had love and passion for each other who didn't meet each other until the day they were married. So how do you explain right. things like that, right? Right. Man, that's crazy. I I feel like that was where I was wanting to go with that. Like, because it is the what the eye see first, what the what the heart feels second or sometimes simultaneously and then we're like oh shoot where did all that go mm-hmm. where did what i see now i've been with you for three years and you stink when you come home from the gym <laughs> you, you smell that you, you know what i'm saying like we don't consider all of that stuff beforehand um mariah and i like like i was sharing uh we met when we were teenagers mm-hmm. so like she knew like we kind of knew a lot of our stuff. You know what I'm saying? That was the advantage that we had. Like, I knew what she was doing. I want, I want, I to, I want to hear that story from... I want to hear that part of the story from... Again, I, yeah, I did not... <laughs> the, 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 that's the, a true story. Like, that, that's the man... That's the guy... So I'm when did marry. you know? Yeah. So it was the weirdest thing. We, my, um, we were at his uncle's church in the Bronx, um, and we were down there for some sort of a convention... And I saw oh, him uh, in Augusta. In Augusta, Georgia. and um, I saw him standing outside the church, and then I just—it was the weirdest thing. I just kind of was like, like, this something happened yeah. immediately. The heavens parted. The yes. sunbeam came down yes. on his at yes. that point hair, head had hair. I think and, I did have hair. <laughs> and he also in, used church as an opportunity to hold my hand and rub my hands. Oh yeah, he told like that this. <laughs> and we he told you the like, he on. told you the hot tub story, which horrified me, almost scared me away. <laughs> I didn't actually I didn't listen to the last episode because uh, it's not posted yet, right? It just came it out. Just it came just came out. out. Okay, yeah. So I haven't heard it, so I don't know what to correct. I called him out on that. I'm like, hold up. So you were dropping game in the in the hot at the tub age of thirteen. The yeah, at the age of thirteen. Like, yes. Oh, bro. And so when we were on the um, airplane on the way home, uh, I was I told my mom I said uh, one day I'm going to marry him. And she, but I have a question. I don't know if I asked you this. Did had she seen me at all? She well because my parents were so involved in your uncle's church and they knew all of your okay. uncles. They knew who you were. Oh, okay. Because they knew Patsy and everything. Like my parents were all in his family's business because the church that we went to was family slash church slash cult. Right. Yeah. I don't know who listens to this. <laughs> But so we knew everything about his family. And you told your mom on the plane? I told my mom what on the plane. What was her reaction? She, you know, my mom is very funny. And she was like, okay, whatever. I was 14 years old. Right. She's just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. She's thinking it's just a fling, right? Yes. And uh, so. What was her reaction when you guys actually did get married? Like, what was, was did she, did you remind, did she remember that moment? Hi, huh. mom. Let me tell you. My, That's a good question. So, because I could go on for. Our marriage was a our uh, wedding was a saga in itself. Yes. Um, but my mom was going through so much at the time that we were dating because of the church stuff that was happening, and then yeah. my dad was starting to realize that the church was unhealthy, and so he was parting from it. But it was like not a good parting, and my mom was so my mom was and my dad had his own issues, so my mom was trying to um, de-escalate him, stay in the church because she thought she you know. She thought she was supposed to stay because very, you know, just religions can sometimes have that scary hold on yeah. you. Um, and then, you know, two old brother and sister had like not just left church. They were like 
we're done with God because of everything that they had seen, good reasons. Um, and, uh, and then here I was, my father was like still like struggling with me because I just wasn't doing everything he wanted. He wanted to be able to control all his kids. And I was like, I was, I'm very, I can be very easy to get along with in many ways, but I'm always been independent. Homie don't play that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, let's, (laughs) I'm like, we can talk, we can like figure things out, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do me. I'm just always been independent. My mom is kind of like that in a way too, which is kind of funny. But anyway, so when we finally started dating, all hell was breaking loose in my mom's life. So I don't think she was really thinking specifically about him. She just, I mean, remember, it, it was, there was so much going on between me and my dad. Then one day she was like, can't you just fix things with your father? And I was like, mom, <laughs> can anybody fix things with my father? Oh my so that, that was the kind of thing it was. Um, but uh, but we had the opportunity, when my, my we had the opportunity, a very God-given opportunity to um, reconcile to an extent with my dad and then ultimately my you know live with my mom after my dad died and as history has played out he became my mom's favorite so have you got like so since then after have you guys ever had a chance to like talk about that moment to rehash that she she doesn't really yeah i've brought it up a couple of times and she doesn't remember which it would make sense because again like she was in a 35 year marriage that was hectic and she was in a cult and so for her, I think a lot of it was about making peace constantly with people. Yeah. Like, how do I, a lot of trauma and a lot of, like, managing relationships so that she could have some sort of peace in life. Right. Um, but, uh, so she doesn't, I don't think she really even, she's like, I did? That happened? Like, she doesn't really remember that. Now she knows it because I've told her the story so many right, times. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it makes it, she just kind of waved it off. Yes. It's like, okay. I don't want to remember that. Teenage girl being a teenage girl. Like, right, exactly. She's going to tell me that 12 more times about 12 more boys. <laughs> right? So, I actually, I wanted to, like, rewind even a little bit, go pre-our marriage stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And get your guys' perspectives in terms of, like, relationships and dating as girls growing up in church. Like, what was, what was that like? What was the good, bad, and the ugly like? There was no dating, period. <laughs> Same. Yeah. There was they, you nothing. don't talk about it. No, you don't think about it. it. Yep. You okay. like the, so you guys weren't getting with the boys coming to you I'm with talk- the God told me lines. I'm talking. They like had that. thirty year olds in our youth group, oh, and they wow. were treating our thirty year olds like they were like teenagers. Oh, so there's no dating. There's no like. Dang. It was almost like arranged marriages in our church. Um, the pastor had to okay it. Yeah. Um, there wasn't this. Oh, you want to date somebody? There was not none of that. Yeah. It didn't matter how old you were. So what about outside church? What were you guys doing? Whatever you guys dating. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, are you guys dating outside of church? <laughs> <laughs> I made the opening Pandora. I tried. I tried my best because I really had an experience with Jesus, and I and I at the time I was starting to because you know when you're a teenager first when you're a preteen you start out I think kind of believing whatever you're told to an extent yeah and then as your brain expands you're like wait what you're telling me is bull. I'll bleep it out for you. (laughs) And so I think I really tried to do everything they wanted. I tried to be the perfect church girl. Mm -hmm. I really did. I put in, even when when I first saw him, like I was like, everything was going to be, I wanted to get married. I wanted to blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But by the time I got to college, I was like, 
and what I had seen and the hypocrisy and the sexual abuse, like so much going on, I was like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do because you guys are so full of it. So I basically did whatever I wanted to do while I was in, until God brought me back to himself. (laughs) Genesis. (laughs) Well, I mean, I kind of grew up, uh, you know, I have the additional bonus of being raised in a religious family and culture. Mm-hmm. Culture has mm-hmm. a huge part to do with it. And culture so, was more strict than the religion. Yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. It's like. Or they fed off of each other. Yes, they, they fed created, off of each other. That's what it was. A, a monster. Wow. <laughs> it was like not one monster, not two monsters, with double monsters. Wow. So, yeah. um, and I grew up in a family of nothing but strong, independent women. Uh, who had kids, and we were never allowed to talk about sex. So I was like, we're just not going to talk about the kids running around here. We're just, like, dropped here by storks. Like, we know y'all are doing it, but okay, but sex is a bad thing. Um, So, you know, my siblings and I grew up very sheltered. We Mm -hmm. were in church all the time. In terms of boys, it was like I didn't start looking at boys at a really young age. Um, It wasn't until I got to my teenager years where I started to feel... uh, a lack, you know, where there wasn't a fatherly presence or where I didn't have a dad present, you miss the, you crave the affirmation mm-hmm. of males, mm-hmm. um, you know, and as a female, I know that there were certain parts. <laughs> 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 no, but you know, it, it was sorry, never, it was never a sexual thing for me. It was always right. emotional. It mm-hmm. was like, I want the affirmation. I mm-hmm. want the encouragement. The I want the attention. Yeah. Not because of anything sexual, but just mm-hmm. because I lack that yes. as a female. Well, and, um, about high school. What? How you never carried Hey friends, it's Jesse from the Faith Chair team, and I wanted to let you know something that you might not know. You are why we do what we do. You are also the ones who make a Faith Chair podcast reach all around the world. If you're enjoying this conversation, enjoyed other episodes of the podcast, we want to encourage you to like, subscribe, follow, and most of all, share with those around you so that we can reach as many people, as many hearts, and change as many lives as we can with these ongoing conversations about the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. Come on, get some oh! life. Okay, you got games. You were using her. <laughs> Wait, all over the place. wait! I thought I had game in a hot tub. <laughs> so in high school, the big joke is I never tied my shoe, and I still don't tie my shoe. Jesse, you tie my shoe because I don't know. My I'm sure Jesse like, just was oh. like, oh, okay. So, so, that so Jen has this, this total <laughs> side note, but she has this weird thing. I'm like, I need to get scientists to study this, but for some reason, her no matter how she ties her shoes, they don't never stay tied. Oh, I don't know what gosh. the deal. I is. have that it, issue too. It's unless weird. I I have to unless I. Tie it so tight my foot hurts. I yeah, feel like, like, like I'm like, your ankles rolling a different kind of way than just <laughs> yeah. time, so then I tie them so they actually stay And they stay tied. So <laughs> I, I can't do it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, we will be on the street and Jesse will literally like, put your foot up here oh and I'll put gosh. my foot up. Like that's So that's our that's thing. So but, uh, when I was in high school, that was still the case and so I you never know. tied my shoe or carried, or carried my books. These are too heavy. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was just like, hey, <laughs> gee, let me get your books for you. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like, like that. 
Yeah, so that <laughs> That's was all you're going to get, but you can go ahead and get my book. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It, it, so, I mean, dating in church, it was hard uh, because we, I mean, it's a Samoan church that I grew up in, and we're all like family. And I, my siblings and I had a rule, like... We didn't really think about marriage. We weren't the type of girls to think about, oh, what's my husband gonna look like? Mm-hmm. What's my we didn't we had bigger fish to fry, like yes. we had things How am I to not do. gonna get beat today? Exactly. Yeah. How am I not gonna get whooped today? Yeah. What, wow. what choice yeah. do I gotta do today? Yeah. But what we did know and we made a rule very young, we're like, we are not marrying in our culture. We will never, ever date a Polynesian man. Wow. And it's just because the familiarity and this culture is so strong, it's like you either love it or hate it. And my siblings now are like, no, peace. So, um, yeah. Sorry. We never dated Sorry, guys. In, in our church. <laughs> like, everybody was our cousin. Even if they weren't our cousin, they were our cousin. Like, <laughs> So other good reasons for yeah, not dating. Like, yeah, you know, the island is so small. Yeah. It's like, somehow we're right. I'm an Atlantic Islander. <laughs> I'm so, Scotland. Yeah, yeah there yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, teenager life, there was no dating. There was no talk of boys. And if there was promiscuity, it was on our own time. And mm. that's a whole other story. <laughs> Okay, so, so for both, you guys both had the experience of like having a strict religious slash culture around you, which yes. meant that all the dating either happened when you got out of that or yes. was on in, you know, on the low. Yep. Always on. Yes, definitely on the yeah. low. <laughs> I feel you, girls. This is, why, this is why me and Mo are soulmates. Parents, take notes. Like I said before, we had Ask we've had questions. youth in our youth group. We go to Christian schools, Ask and, yes. and their their statement to to us as youth pastors was it's worse. Everything and more happens in private mm-hmm. Christian schools. They're mm-hmm. just better at hiding it and lying about it. Yep. The more you so try to control. So if you think control, you're protecting your kids by yep. sending them to, you are not. I yes. really feel like, and this is, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but really the more you try to control your children yep. um, is the worse. Yep. It is. Yeah. You might be successful for 18 years. Yeah. But ex- then as soon as they find exactly, coop, exactly. all that restriction is going to create an even chart. It, it's almost it's a law of physics. An yeah. equal <laughs> and proportionate yes. reaction. So exactly. is it all the everything you bottled up and controlled will explode in As the opposed same to intensity. actually having a relationship with your children yeah. and yeah. talking things over with them and realizing that they're actually a human being. And like letting yeah. them fail and, and, learn and letting and them grow. fail, right. And they're not just yeah. here to obey your every command. Or reflect. I mean, there is a certain age where you expect if they're living under your roof, you expect respect and a certain. But there comes an age where you have to start letting go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. So Tommy, you grew up in a similar religious situation, but how how was the dating thing for you? Was was was, was the attitude the same for the boys as it was for the girls? Yes, uh, but my dad didn't really talk to us about it. Like my brother and I, my my father was for the time that my parents were together. My dad never, that I can remember, talked to us about dating at all. You guys were really young. I mean, you were starting to get to the age, but... But I was already trying to Mm -hmm. be with girls. And so, my mother, though... Hot tub lays on. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Bring it to McDonald's. (laughs) My mom uh, did tell me when she... uh, I can't remember why this came up or how this came up. Um... I know why it came up. I just can't remember how it came up. But she came downstairs, or she came to me and said, if I ever find out that you're having sex, I'm going to cut your penis off. <laughs> and that was it. That was the talk. <laughs> Done, Mom. Bet. That, like, that was the talk. You don't have to so worry. I'm avoiding no, you. <laughs> right. There was no talk of, about 
dating until like I was about to graduate high school and then my mom wow. and then I had a girlfriend um, uh, oh no 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 I'll take it back I was a freshman in college then I had a girlfriend and um, my mom would talk to us my brother and I about how to treat women and what to do when you get married and all stuff like this and I'm like are you seriously having this conversation now? now? I freaking... By that time, I was... Like, pornography had its hooks in me. Like, deep. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, like, new to the the joint. I knew this. And, um... And I'm not... That wasn't my parents' fault. It was just, like, I hid that from them. But at the same time, that wasn't an open conversation. Early on, that we could have... um, Of course, growing up in the church... It was all about keeping appearance. It was about being the perfect looking family. Yeah. Right. So that was that's what they were trying to right. maintain. Well, you, you know, know what I'm saying? The whole so, episode where we were talking about that, those family dynamics, how it that impacts relationships. It was crazy. So, but I I can say though I was the only one out of my siblings that was like more driven to being in a relationship. Yeah. Um, my brother really waited a long time. So did my sister. Um, although they, my sister had one boyfriend. In high school, and he was the worst. Uh, my brother had one girlfriend in high school, but that lasted like a second, and then that was it until he, like, really met his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And he got married at nineteen. He got married at nineteen. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we really didn't know. So that's. So, does dating help? Being married, help you. When you're married. I what would, do you mean? Uh, as far oh, as know, being means, relational. Does it help you? You mean before? Yeah. Before dating? you get married, does dating oh. help you be relational? You're talking about having dated having, other people. Having dated other people, yeah. yeah. Is the act of dating something that actually helps in so being more relational when you get you? married? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me that on the air. Come on. Uh, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Episode is over. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I uh, I think because I met Jesse when I was nineteen. Okay. Uh, we were. Why are you to say it like? I met him when I was nineteen. <laughs> we began courting when I was twenty. We were engaged at twenty-one, and I was married by twenty-two. So mm-hmm. I was so young. So young and yeah. I didn't, you know, with my family background mm-hmm. and with how jacked up my four-year relationship was during high school. I don't think that really helped because I still had to figure out who I was. Gotcha. Like, I still, in an ideal <coughs> world, I wouldn't have been in that relationship in high school because I wouldn't have had a need that needed to be met. Mm-hmm. And I would have been able to know who I was. So by the time I got with Jesse, I had a, a solid and concrete foundation about, like, this is who I am, this is what I believe, mm-hmm. um, and this is what I'm willing to do and not do. And I didn't have that. And so a lot of... You know, what happened was the relationship that I was in, I started to compare Jesse to it. So that's why I say for me personally, it didn't help because it drew this uh, comparison because I already had emotional connection and Jesse was the new guy and he (coughs) didn't do things like my my ex-boyfriend and I, we never fought. And Jesse's like, that's because he was a doormat. That's because he was a punk. <laughs> that's yeah. and, and in some, I know how you are. So I'm like, the oh, only way y'all never fought so was if he was basically like, yes, whatever. Yeah, well, in some that. ways he was, you know. In some ways it was like he was a completely different personality. But that didn't prepare me because when I got with Jesse and he would say something back or he would challenge it, I was like, hold up. 
Because you like, left out one part of Sister Louise's, and that was that I was going to be your covering. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. But so, Jess was like, I don't want to be covered. For real. Yeah. I don't want to be don't covered. Don't cover me. Don't get cover me. I get my own cover. I get my own comforter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, you really only had, like, one real relationship. Yeah, all it, the rest was... Everything else was, like, middle school. You know, like, that doesn't hardly even count, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't count. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dating before Jesse, I feel like it didn't help me. Because socially, I mean... I'm just extroverted and I have people skills and I can yeah. get along with anybody. But I think in terms of relational love, marriage. Uh, Dealing with conflict. You yeah. You never have any. So. Nope. So, yeah, That's that really stunted uh, my growth in terms of, like, our trajectory. You know, I thought during premarital counseling we were good. And then after that, I was like, nah, it's really real. And it's like, I mean, I think my experience personally with dating and I don't even know how many <laughs> teenage dramas we have we have uh, navigated as you uh, right that's a good I perspective I don't, I don't think that like yeah. young like teenage even college dating relationships would help you really develop yeah tools to deal with conflict because mm-hmm. it's usually like as soon as conflict comes up yeah you deal with it in or your you way. Or you just move on. You, right. you just move on. Like, I don't think there's a, there's there's not usually enough commitment in those scenarios mm-hmm. for, like, a healthy tool mm-hmm. of, of dealing with it and coming back together in a, in yeah. a positive way. Really something about having Something about having to make sure you have enough money to pay your utilities. <laughs> well, yeah. There's, there's all of that Your rent too. or mortgage and car note uh, <laughs> that makes you... Yeah. That yeah. makes conflict very... It makes it very fertile ground for yeah. an argument or whatever's bad there to come to come up. I have a different view because I think that um, what was that saying I just heard the other day? I was like, "That's so good." You're, you're. Oh, it's actually from Yellowstone. I get to quote Yellowstone, <laughs> where um, oh yeah, where she said, uh, "It was yes. a lady tells there's no there's losers. You're in t- you can have you choose two roads. You can either be a loser." Um, or you, who always loses, or you could be a winner who's either winning or learning. And so for me, like the, um, relationships I had before we got married were really learning experiences and yes, pain came along with it, but I also, and I think what would have been better Mm -hmm. would have been had I like understood the toxicity I had come from and how much I really needed a good uh, certified stable yeah counselor <laughs> I needed a counselor Pro therapy that is what I really needed um leaving that church situation and leaving my fa- my father situation because basically when I went to college I was leaving my dad in his eyes uh so leaving the you know leaving church leaving college um I feel like I could have really gone to counseling and that would have done i would have had a lot less pain uh but so counseling would have helped better it would have been better but i still learned from i didn't i didn't know much about counseling at the time and i still learned a tremendous amount from from what i i learned what i hated (laughs) i learned where my boundaries were i learned where what i was not what i did not want in a marriage and i also learned that i didn't really have to get married that I, w- I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm really good on my own. Yeah. And I learned that all before um, we got married. All before we got married. Yeah. So it was really... So, yes, there's a lot of bad stuff that comes with that and stupid things and bad things. But for me, 
uh, a lot of it was, uh, I just learned a lot. What did you learn after you got married? And so much of it, I think so much of it too has to do with like personality. Yeah, that's, that's true too. Like a, 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 yeah, a, a, a woman with weaker strength of whatever personality yeah. um, might have a whole might have been destroyed by that instead of being able. To I and I almost and was, and I almost was destroyed by that. You know, like but for God, but at the same time. So that's why I can say, had I like known, had I had somebody in my life to be like, you need therapy. You like you have like major trauma and you just need therapy. Like I didn't have anybody telling me that, so right. I was kind of figuring it was like me and God, trying to. I'm trying to figure it out. He's trying to lead me, and I'm like, but I hate you. <laughs> I hate you, but I love you, and I don't understand our relationship yeah. anymore. So, yeah. no, yeah. young people, therapy is always a yeah. good option. And therapy, a yes. better option than trying to go find another relationship. That's right. Yes. To, yes. That's yes. Right. Yes. I'm hundred percent. Cover the injuries and the trauma you're. Exactly. So if you're out there and you don't have anybody telling you that, we are telling you that. Go get therapy. therapy. you got married like what are some of the obstacles that you wish like you were saying that you mm-hmm. wish you had been prepared for that somebody had told you hey this is coming down the road this is how you prepare for that um and then uh what advice would you give someone who just got married hadn't had premarital counseling didn't have a great example uh for what marriage is supposed to be Could like. Could you say your question again? It's too long. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you have multi-level questions, bro. My brain just... What, <laughs> rabbit. what did you... Squirrel. What, what do you wish someone had told you? Let's start out with premarital counseling because we needed a, a year of premarital counseling and it was worthless. We had a lot of fun. We didn't get any We enjoyed the time with our pastors. Yeah. Some of the other staff's comments were like, you're clearly not doing premarital counseling because we're hearing way too much laughter. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I think the penultimate like, takeaway from 12 months of premarital counseling was the hardest thing you guys are going to probably deal with is is uh, the how are you going to yeah, the temperature when you're sleeping at, at night? How are you going to make Somebody that told work? you that? Yeah, because we had talked about how like I'm super warm-blooded. She's freezing all the time. So we're like, well, I was thinking... They said the you, hardest thing you guys yeah. would deal with. And then we went into like three years of hell. So it was like right. clearly there's, right. there's the temperature. So like premarital counseling <laughs> doesn't always accomplish anything. I think there's too many people giving premarital counseling who shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. Either they yeah. don't know what they're talking about. Or so many times it's it's pastors who actually don't have good marriages. Yeah. Or or very base or basing it off of stereotypes. And yeah. you're sitting there with two individuals in front of you. And yeah. you're like, well, this is the cookie cutter. Yeah. But like, this is how so they have to know us. you. That may not apply. I, yeah. So I, we got like horrible, horrible premarital counseling. I like really we bad. We did get premarital counseling. That was premarital counseling? Uh, a phone call telling me I better learn how to cook for a black man I guess, is I guess. premarital counseling. So that was pretty. That it was, was a phone call, yeah. That was pretty. That was pretty much. That was. Do not put it. onions in the mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Do not put raisins in the potato salad. 
Because some people didn't get that premarital counseling. They still do it. That actually may not be the worst counseling, but... Wow. But yeah, yeah, we 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 didn't we didn't get anything and we didn't get anything of value. I think until we were actually seven years in. Yeah. And then it was someone God led us to. It wasn't somebody who was trying to tell us what to do. Yeah. It was somebody who, and this is I think such a good situation if you can find a couple who you're like, I don't want to be exactly like you, but there's something about the way you guys handle each other. That I would like to emulate. And we found a couple like that. And we're, and we're different. Like, yeah. she was a homemaker. I'm definitely not a homemaker. And, you know, he was, like, a nine, more than a nine-to-fiver. He was, like, very type. And that's not Tommy either. But there were <laughs> certain things about, awesome. about their marriage, their dynamics, their energy with each other yeah. that we were, like... We and, want that. And they opened their lives up to us. Wow. Like, they just told us their struggles. And they were always very empathetic with us um, and encouraging and uh, the balsamos. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think our friendship with them or their friendship to us was probably the most significant, constru- significant um, influence That's for right. us having a good marriage. Right. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like we, when I said uh, on the podcast with the um, uh, Matsons? No. It's, uh, Dan- it was a Daniel and Annette. Daniel and Annette. Mm-hmm. What's her last name? Holmes. Holmes, that's what it was. With the Holmes, it was like, I appreciated the fact that, like, even as they're talking to us and they talk about people to the council, it's like, for them, it always came back to, you need to talk to God about it. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, it, and I love that wisdom because they're not trying to give people their right. cookie cutter thing. Right, right. exactly. Because they understand exactly. enough to know that what works for us may not work for you. Exactly. Right. Just like you have to parent kids a different way yeah. for a kid because they're completely different personality-wise and what yeah. works for one doesn't work with the and other. And it could be so dangerous to try yeah. to go based on your knowledge right. you like can't that. motivate like a lot the of artistic creative things. the yes. way you motivated the A-type yeah. firstborn. Yeah. yeah. Like if you'll destroy one or the other. Right, it, exactly. And so it, the wisdom is say here's kind of some principles mm-hmm. yes. let me prefer one another make yes. sacrifices exactly but what that looks like you're going to have to deal with that exactly. with right. in the Lord and be right. led in that right. and let him teach you how to love right. her exactly love like, because ultimately at the end of the day that's what it comes down to right loving sacrificially preferring the other over yourself like that is whatever that looks like that is what it ultimately comes down to we it's didn't simple but it's until, so hard oh shoot we got married in 2000 2000, yeah. We didn't get that until 2000... Yeah, it was like... 15? What? That preferring the other, loving sacrificially, that that came... Uh, Like, we knew it. Yeah. But actually applying it in theory. came well, later. I, like, I've been you doing this since I really feel like I've been doing it. You didn't get it until 2015. <laughs> I've been doing it a long time, babe. Well, <laughs> we're only still together because I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> Party in that, in that, In that respect, yeah, because she, I mean, when we first got married, I was always traveling. Yeah. And she was... Um, with the kids, and so she was and working and working, so yeah. she was definitely sacrificing a lot. Um, but I'm talking about where the we kept score. It was oh. not something we were doing intentionally, mm-hmm. but it was something that came up in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I did this, mm-hmm. and how come you? You know what I'm saying? And that that's why that's what I mean when I say we hadn't we had we hadn't really got it in practice. Mm-hmm. Until like the past, I don't know, six, seven years yeah. of loving each other sacrificially, where we're really not keeping score. 
anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because we're really not yeah, doing that's things true. That's true. to hurt each other. Yeah. Right. Because right. um, that you, stuff you know doesn't come up by accident. Yeah. Like, mm. if, you're getting, if you're getting into argument conflict with your significant other yeah. and that kind of stuff's coming up, you cannot just wave that off. You can't even let them be like, oh, you know, I was just mad. That right. came out of somewhere. Right, so exactly. So we need to figure out where exactly. that's coming from. Mm. I mean, I remember one of the instances with Jen and I, and I think I shared this in a past episode on a totally, totally different subject, but uh, we were at this, we, we she, she had been sat down from worship for, for Is this early on in you guys' marriage? Uh, f- fairly early on. It, okay. was, it, was when, it was when we were at the Citadel. <clears throat> so this was this would have been within the first seven years, mm-hmm. but this was towards the end. So we were probably in year six, seven, um, and she had gotten sat down for worship for something totally silly, and you know uh, I was still going and serving a little bit, uh, just not like in ministry, but like mm-hmm. you know welcoming people to the door stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't, she wasn't really going, and she wasn't and then it came to time to where anymore. like mm-hmm. we went through the restoration <laughs> process and the counseling with the pastors or whatever, and and. Uh, time to like you know she was released back into serving and and she was like she was not wanting to go yeah and uh and she was just like like anytime it's time to go to church she was just having these emotional breakdowns Mm -hmm. so i was like i don't like i don't understand like where this is coming from and so we sat down and we were talking for a while trying to break through the layers and it took a bit until I don't even know how or, or how long it took, but eventually, like, we finally got to a place where, where she kind of just, like, blurted out. She's like, I don't want to go back to having no time with you. Aww. And it was like, oh. Because while she wasn't doing worship and I wasn't serving in sound and we didn't have to be there super early, we were spending that time together. We yeah. were doing things together, even during the week, not just on Sundays, mm-hmm. but because we had had all these commitments at mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And she was working, you know, and and plus, and then we had all these evening commitments, and then all day Sunday, mm-hmm. we were doing photography on Saturday. I was working seven days a week. <clears throat> she was working yeah. seven days a week. I mean, forget about no Sabbath. So she had no days off. And then, in my mind, again, thinking, men think about things differently, yeah. I'm thinking, hey, we're serving the church together. But we weren't together, and we weren't right. doing things together. There's no right. emotional connection, no right. social time with each other. So then we had had a season where we had that, and she saw church as something that was going to take it. Yeah. And so that was like, oh, we got to the root of the issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, okay, we need to set boundaries, mm-hmm. and I see you, and I value that. I'm not going to toss that away and ignore it. So let's talk about what we are going to do and what mm-hmm. we're going to say no to mm-hmm. so that we can preserve this time. And how are we going to set aside time for each other to make sure that need is being met. Yeah. Genesis, was that something that you knew that was why you were reacting that way? Or was it only through talking with Jesse that you figured that out? I think um, subconsciously, Subcon- yeah, I might have known con- it, but not That's why we had to talk about it so yes. she couldn't answer the question. Yeah. It so was, it wasn't that you didn't want to tell him, it was just you. You didn't have the didn't words. Know, didn't have words. the words. I was exhausted. She felt the emotional reaction, yeah. but she didn't know what was causing it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that was just a whole other thing. I mean, the church in itself was exhausting. I mean, yes. I, would, I remember just having multiple breakdowns before we'd have to go back. We'd spend an hour at home. Then we have to go back mm-hmm. because we had to be there early. And one time I just broke down. I like sat on the ground and I cried. And I was like, I do not want to go. Because we spent Sunday afternoons with family. And there was this one time where things kind of got delayed, which put us on edge because of that. Like in the back of the head, you didn't have this clock. And uh, and then it was like time for us to go and the food had just gotten finished. And the family was just sitting down to, to eat. And she was like, I don't want to go. 
Yeah, like, it's like but we have, I broke I don't down want and cried. Just start crying. So I, I feel like church is a <clears throat> is a theme. <laughs> it is a theme. Well, uh, yeah. That is that has caused a lot of the initial problems because that's definitely our families, um, but church didn't help. Yeah. Like church was mm-hmm. not it and was early not, on in our marriage was not. Yeah. It wasn't there yeah. for us. Something it sound like there was. I was, was just going to say, yes. I was just going to say, shout out to all the churches that actually love their people so much that they think about stuff like that. Yeah. Where they think about how much are we using the volunteers? Are we encouraging them to spend time with their families? Mm-hmm. Are we telling them that their family is their first ministry? There are churches out there that yeah. do that. Do that yeah. And we love you for yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how. Yeah. That's how. You are building the kingdom. You're that's not right. tearing it down, but that building your right. own. Yep, so, that's how yeah. Rock is. Like they're like, our lead pastor was like, we have this rule. It's kind of uncommunicated, but we all know it. We don't expect the spouse to do any ministry. Like we don't. We don't have an expectation like, oh, just you're coming, so can Jen do something, right. Right, right, or right. vice versa. They he won't even like, let. Like we just had a recent thing where I texted I had emailed for me to ask him about something regarding her, and he was like, "Have her email me because we like, treat you we, guys as two separate." I love you it. And you know, we value your it. marriage, That's but we also value you as individuals, and right. you're both doing separate jobs. So let's. Yeah. Go and act like that. And yeah. I love that boundary. And I just feel like that this is like the first, I'd say within the last, I don't know, five, six years, I've just started to get back into the place where like I was always cool with God. I, I always had a relationship with Jesus. But the relationship with the church was irrevocably broken yeah. for so long. I, mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. that. Because, yeah. like, we've been, a, we've been in one church, obviously, that had no boundaries. Yeah. And, and just used and abused people. And then we've been in two churches where the pastors had a good sense of taking care of their families, but that meant that us, we had to carry all the slack. Yeah. So it was like, you're, you're taking care of yourself and your family, right. but that's causing us to not be able right. to take care of ourselves. And that means that the reorganization is needed yep. because right. the focus is still, well, I still have to do all these things. Like, as, you know, the yeah. visionary, you oh, I still have to do all these things. Oh, you guys can do it. Like, that's, right. Right. like, yeah. 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 I've been I, trying to yeah. figure that out right now at RAC. So one of the cool things RAC does is every month as a staff person, whether independent you get hours based upon whether you're full-time part-time mm-hmm. you are ex- required to take a retreat day and they have some expectations of what that retreat like no this is yeah. not just that you didn't come into work no, right. you're intentionally making space to get away to pray to worship going to walk on by a lit like you something should be doing better. something to feed your spirit yeah. so but like i struggle with like i'm like okay i can take the having limited hours as a part-time person right now. I'm like, I could take them those four hours and I could do that, but that didn't change the the things I have to get done in the remainders. Right. So I was like, I've been struggling with getting my mind around, like, that means I have to work harder during these hours. Yeah. But still being intentional. Like I'm, But I'm like, I need to take these. That's a healthy practice. And it is. And use those and, and trust it. And that's the trust of a Sabbath, yeah. right? Is that right. I, I will take this time and God will give me the strength to do what I need to do mm-hmm. in those other times. Just like tithing. Exactly. I'm going to take yeah. this 10%. I'm going to trust that he's going to make my 90% cover 100. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to trust him in and not think that it's all about my ability. Right. But it's, this is the first time we've had that mm-hmm. as part of our rhythm. I'm so happy for I you I mean, guys. we have our Sabbath day, which is was a mm-hmm. new, was you know, we didn't always have that. But this added retreat day thing is a new thing. And so mm-hmm. I'm having to adjust again to that. And it's funny how when you're in unhealthy so much, 
<laughs> and I think sometimes that can be a challenge too. Like in, if you if you've had a long dating history and then you get married, yeah. if the dating history has had a lot of trauma and conflict and unhealthiness, and then you're trying to build something that's going to last. Yeah. <laughs> you may have some concept of what you don't want, but you may have not have mm. developed. And and like what we experience. You've created new landmines of trauma points that your partner has no idea they exist. You That's may true. not even know That's they true. exist yeah. until they get stepped and then on. Step on that it's, it's, it's true. true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And it's not even your yeah. fault. So right. that's I think one of the that's one I think one of the biggest things that couples have to So you have, have to, to answer you have to answer those questions like what are some of the landmines that you had that, that Genesis had that you guys stepped on each other early on? Honestly, like when I look back at our marriage, I would say when we first came into it, and Jesse will disagree because he's so sweet, but a lot of the conflict and things that we dealt with was because of my emotional, how how I was emotionally, like Mm -hmm. in terms of communicating, in terms of conflict management, so much of it was because of me and I was Mm -hmm. really jacked up when we got married. Mm And that's why I almost wish, like, premarital counseling, for us, while it was fun, I wish it would have give us, given us some substance. And I wish we would have had a church community that was more supportive. So when we were going through it, you know, we would be at home tearing each other up. We would be on the way to church in the car tearing each other up. Mm-hmm. As soon as we got out that car, the smiles went on. Uh-huh. And we were yeah. all good. We were the perfect Blessed and highly favored. So we what was to blessed and be stressed? What was the bomb that went off that started? Um, well, I mean, it was a lot of things. It was Wait, before you share that. I will say that part of the reason she feels that way and, and why it's not true is our differences in personalities. Mm-hmm. Her explosions are very big and very emotional. Mm-hmm. Mine tend to be internalized. I'm like the soldier who jumps on the on the grenade. Mm-hmm. So you may not see the destruction, but I'm feeling a lot of pain and I'm processing myself, mm-hmm. which is still unhealthy. I'm damaging mm-hmm. myself, yeah. but right. it's not as obvious. Right. So like her explosions were big. She's the fireworks. I'm the soldier jumping on the grenade. Mm-hmm. Both are destructive, but mm-hmm. not as obvious. I think when we first got married, I still had this idea that I was so broken that I could not understand how anyone would love me and want to stay with me forever. Um, And so anytime there was any conflict, even if it was just the smallest thing and Jesse would bring it up immediately, my brain would go back to growing up the years mm-hmm. in school where my teachers would say Genesis is an extremely bright student a pleasure to have in class but anytime she comes up against something hard she quits she wow. won't even try it wow. it's like this fear of failure yeah. and that's carried over into my marriage mm-hmm. because I felt like well we're having a problem there you go you gonna go now okay mm-hmm. here's the yeah. ring throw yeah. it at you you know and I felt like that was a lot of it I mean in the beginning was just being able to communicate what I felt. So I am uh, I'm an auditory processor, but when I get to the point of being mad, like so angry, mm-hmm. I'll shut down mm-hmm. and I'll shut everybody out. Mm-hmm. And for Jesse, while he's trying to get this information, like, why do you I'm feel this way? He's trying to, he's pragmatically... Tell me what, what happened that caused you to feel this way. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like anger from um from inside, inside out. That is the flame coming out. And I had anger issues. I mean, I had a lot of things I had to deal with, and. Oh, uh, yeah, that was just a lot of what our marriage was in the beginning was like, you're saying one thing, but I'm hearing it this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. our communication, it was like, you're saying this, but that's not how I'm taking it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, oh, gosh, what else did we find I mean, out? And that's one of the ways that I had to sacrifice early on. And there were times when that that became a point of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, if it became too much, too much, I would resent it, but... But I, re- I realized very early on, like, I, I can't really bring direct um, correction to her. Yeah. I can't point out failures to her. Mm-hmm. Even if even if I do it in the most loving way, it cuts her so deep because she's so raw mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it, it it doesn't help. Yeah. It, it's, it keeps her in that injured place. And so, um, you know, stresses like finances and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, I just had to keep that to myself and not even talk to her about it because mm-hmm. if I even mentioned oh you Insta-delay. know we're kind of low on the checking account or whatever like she would freak out mm-hmm. and go into total stress mode mm-hmm. that's so it's like that was I would freak out because I love spending money early in our marriage and, and, and <laughs> I would get face. mad I would get mad because I felt like I just made that I I contributed to that I should be able to get what I want thank you, you know Tommy and was, I'm like no when you make ten dollars an hour you can't buy a four hundred dollar watch sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> Jesse that's literally that was literally so it, it it's funny how every couple we meet there's like similarities between yeah. uh we always find sim- similarities you know money's always one of the big ones money's the hugest one and it revealed to me my insecurity yeah um and uh, I, but I think for me, I was, I kind of am like you, like I'm an imploder, or at least for a Sometimes long, you are. Yeah. Sometimes for, you're For a long exploder. time earlier on, I imploded. I held things in. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Imploders yeah. eventually explode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's had Always. A few when your capacity gets filled that's up, right. you yeah. can't implode anymore. That's right. Yeah. There's you nowhere else for that to go in here. And it can be so really damaging because people are, it's so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a they second. Feel like it's Why don't you just tell me that? Yeah. <laughs> right. But she was an she was, was an, an ex I was an exploder. And I guess. Exploders unite. I feel like the minds that we have. Uh, these secret land mi- land fields that that we have minefields minefields that, yeah. that that we have and we don't tell each other what they are and we think love is going to like bury them deeper so that if we happen to be strolling through that field we don't set off any mines love does not do that no hell no love does not <laughs> bury them deeper um, as a matter of fact if you really love each other. They need to be stepped yeah. on. Yeah, yeah love, love, love can only help you survive and put your body back together after you step on right. the mine. Yeah. It can't. Right. It can't take care of the mind itself. The mind needs to get activated. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, yes. it's coming back to, like, like proper counseling and therapy is, mm-hmm. it's just becoming so much more and more obvious as with every passing day and every passing generation how important it really is. Yeah. Because, like, I know part of the problem for for a lot of couples that we've counseled for ourselves is that you are not 
often even aware of what your landmines exactly. are. Exactly, exactly. So you can't even, or the you deep can't even roots. process it. You can't warn yeah. your, your significant other you can't until warn they blow That's themselves up. And, mm-hmm. then, and then it might be You're something like, where like, oh, you right. know what, I should have known about that. But a lot of times it's like, wow, I didn't realize, I thought I had dealt with that. Right. right. I thought right. I had moved right. on from that. That was years ago. Right. right. Like that kind of stuff. Well, because we never, we don't understand how to, properly emotionally deal with with trauma from the past we, we you don't even know like you might not even realize the trauma is there yeah. yeah so and you don't realize that you're seeing things through a filter and so we got used to telling to when we would talk to each other i would say this is what it sounds like you're saying yeah. and this is how what you're saying is making me feel and i'm assuming that's not what he means mm-hmm. but i'm giving him the opportunity to correct that mm-hmm. and it took he is what he said earlier about us um Finally, like really deferring and all that oh, stuff to um, each other later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it took one of the things that changed for me is I really had to come to the point where I understood that he was not trying to hurt me. Because yeah. I used to think that everything he did, like he was just trying to hurt me because mm-hmm. that was what I knew. Yeah. And so that was your reference point. That was my reference point. So I'd be like, oh, he's, there he goes again. What do I have to do to protect myself? Yeah. You know, what, let's start the boxing match. But I came to realize that he actually loves me, and he's not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he's not trying to I'm hurt kidding. me. I might feel hurt, but yeah. he, that's not his intention. Yeah. So arguing is actually good as long as you're both approaching it. Yeah. Could you say that again? Arguing is good if you're both approaching it for reconciliation and to understand the other's views so that you can grow from it. So yeah. you can grow from our it. Our arguing has and learn, changed. Yes, yeah. our arguing has definitely changed because, we, you know... Thank God. It's become constructive. It's become a, a way to reach a resolution. Right. Um, as opposed to winning. It's no longer about winning. winning. Because, Thank you. That's good. Because when we first got married, I really thought I was supposed to win. I was That's like, good. I'm going to get this prize. <laughs> yes. And I was like, what is she trying <laughs> to win? For being a lawyer, she not to win? It did not help at all. I was like, what prize? But I, prize? I began to, you know, again, like a lot of the trauma, I wasn't aware I had so much, so much of that inside of me um and god it was really god who was showing me like in different like we had this one i don't know if i ever shared this with you guys we might have but um we started finally we finally wound up in a healthy church in new york and um you know and there were a lot of marriage groups and families that we could like kind of not not copy but kind of get a feel Mm -hmm. of how we could change and do things better and then um I just remember that, like, I was so focused on, okay, now Tommy's going to change, now Tommy's going to change, now Tommy's going to change. And God was like, mm, I actually have something to talk to you about. Yeah. And he's it's like, yeah. Know like, and then he really brought it home to me. We had gotten into an argument, and I would, like, explode and leave. That was my thing. I was like, I'm leaving this situation because you're not going to hurt me. So I would, like, sometimes I'd take off. I'd run in the middle of the night. That's me. In the South Bronx, mm-hmm. I was out 3 o'clock in the morning running the streets yeah. just because I wanted to get out. But, uh, like, this one night, we had had a, we had a fight. I was raging, hot, hot anger, and I was like, I'm going to go lay on the couch. I laid on the couch, and I heard God say, go back in and kiss him on the cheek. And I was like, what? Did you hear how he talked to me? I got into an argument with God. I was like, did you hear how he spoke to me? Did you, like, did you, you know how he made me feel? And he was like, so patient. Go back in there and kiss him on the cheek. So I was like, Argh! So I got up. I went back in the room. And I kissed him on the cheek, and he sighed. I was like, 
what's, what's, why are you, like, it was a weird sigh. I was like, what was that about? He goes, I thought you were coming in here to kill me. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> probably because you, like, you probably stomped in. <laughs> but mind you, like, I'm never, I'm not a physical and fighter at all. And joking. I'm not a physical fighter. I'm just, I got words. Yeah, I got yeah, words, yeah. but I'm not one to be violent. And so I was like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is bad. For him to actually literally think I was going to come in here and do something like that, God, I, what is wrong with me? Well, part of and part of that too was, I felt like the reason why I that wasn't was before joking. You told me all the stuff, right? Yeah, I wasn't joking because I felt like I had pushed her and, to that. And he yeah. had, but the God, you know this is like how God is, and I, he's like, he knows what your partner did. Yeah. <laughs> he knows that he's going to deal with it, but. You also, nobody's perfect in the situation. Mm-hmm. And he so loves you so much that he wants to work on you. Because the thing is, like, you're not happy. You're not you're not feeling good if you're reactive. You're not feeling good right. if you have you're trauma. Tense you're not feeling, stressed. you know, if you're always, I was always tense and anxious and stressed. I wasn't good. And so it was not just for the sake of Tommy so he could win. <laughs> he needed a win, but it was it wasn't just for his sake. It was also because God loved me so much that he wanted me to experience wholeness and healing and health. Yeah, right, yeah. And so that was when I started realizing that like I had to I'm like, okay, so what's wrong with me? And he, and it was a long long process. So don't try to change your spouse. Do not try yeah, to change your, spouse. change your spouse. That is yeah, not gonna, your job. Yeah, you're not the there. police officer. Too. Like, when you try yeah. to talk to God about changing your spouse, he's going to talk to you about changing you. Yep. That's right. And he'll be doing the same thing to your spouse. That's why it's like if you have one thing. I was talking to this friend, and his personality is very similar to mine, and, and you know his significant other's personality is very similar to hers. And I was talking about, I was like, honestly, the only thing I think that made that is different from from us our story not being the same as your guys' story is that we had we had enough of a, it wasn't by it wasn't strong by any chance by by any stretch of the imagination but we had a we had a deep enough mature enough at that point mm-hmm. relationship with God mm-hmm. to where he was able to do some work in us yeah because personality wise on our own there's no way we would have gotten past that. yeah and I guess that that would be one place where I don't know about dating other people, but having a long dating or engagement or allows re- or, opportunity yeah. to learn how to communicate. Yeah. Gives you an opportunity to stamp on some of those mm-hmm. landmines and discover where they are. Uh, that kind of stuff to kind of get past and at least kind of learn. This is how we can get through these things yes. before we get married. That would be the one. That may not, I don't know that you learn those skills dating other people unless they're similar to the person that you end up with. Yeah. But I let me retract something I said before. Don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for me. My story is very everybody's story is very individual. God right. is a surgeon and he knows you specifically and he knows he knows what's available to you and he knows how you learn. And so for me, the way it played out, I would not suggest anybody take that road. Mm-hmm. But just for me, it worked out because God led me through it. So I like I take you, I didn't mean to give to advice be. earlier. But I think I think <laughs> one of the problems that we touched on was that what we can't have, which is what we have in most of the cult, church culture today, yeah, in Christianity at least in America, is that what you can't have is restricting kids from having romantic relationships and not talking about it in church.
sending right. them you're sending the emotionally right. stunted, yes. immature people That's out right. into the world to try to build something lasting, right. and they don't have any tools. That's right. They don't have any conflict resolution tools. They don't have any controlling my sexual mm-hmm. urges tools. They don't have anything because all this it was like no, 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 no. And we're not going to teach you anything mm-hmm. and talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. And marriage conferences. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? They should stop having marriage conferences for marriage people and they should have marriage conferences for single people. <laughs> to, I'm saying. The other thing, too, th- this was hard for us. And I wonder, did you guys go through this? Because you came from a, a, a church background that was heavy into prophecy. When we left that church and our marriage was going to pot, we were like, there were times individually and Corporately, we're both like, maybe we need to go back and get a prophecy to see if, you know, like what, what God is saying, because mm. we don't know what to do. Instead of getting counseling, yeah. we were like, we need a prophecy based on where we came from. Did you guys ever feel like that when you left? No. I think you guys started out in a, a, as much as you think you started out bad, I think you started out in a better place than we did. Yeah, we it were seeking. Like we were had like, a lot more tools. We need to dial not one eight hundred prophesy over me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the difference for us too is that we, you know, it was we were in the same environment um, when we were together as a couple, and that, you know, we both ended up in the same place in terms of for realizing like this wasn't really biblical, this wasn't really healthy, which takes away the like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe we should be, like if you've decided, you know, these people. You know, don't always hear from God, and yeah. prophecy doesn't really actually work that way. Then yeah. you're not gonna have a desire to go back and try to get that. And I was, I was telling her, I was like, you know, we were talking the other day. What were we talking about? It was like, would you still be the the same person? Oh, because we were talking about our family. Like, what if her family had moved down to California? We never would have met. Oh, snap. What if my family had moved to Texas when mm-hmm. I was a teenager, and we never would have met? And I was like, what would I have been like if I'd grown up in Texas? Like, how different would I be? And I was like. Oh, my. I was like, the thing is, is I've always kind of been anti-authority, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. challenged the status. Like, that's kind of who I am. Your core would have And I've come changed. to understand that that's part of who God made me to yeah. be. And so I think I still would have ended up coming to the point of like, ah, I don't buy into all this. Like, you would have been a cowboy's <laughs> It might have taken it. longer. Mm-hmm. It might have taken longer <laughs> if, I was, if I was surrounded by conservative, yeah. you know, nationalistic Christianity as opposed to being up here in Seattle. But I think I would have ended up in the, in the same place. And so, yeah, I don't think there was ever like, oh, we need to go back and, and get some kind of word. Actually, there was two prophetic words that came to us when we weren't looking for them at all. Mm-hmm. We had gone up. It was after a service. They did a general altar call, and we had gone up. And I remember exactly who was preaching, and he looked at Jesse, and he said, you can be right, and you can still be wrong. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so good. Core, core was that was a core truth. Like, yes. you can be right yep. and still be wrong. Yep. And then really I was getting prayed for, and I felt well, let like... Me, let me explain that one for a second before okay. you go to the second one. And what, what I came to realize was that I can be logically, argumentatively correct. Right. I can be objectively, scientifically, factually correct, but it'd be emotionally wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because she's an emotional person, and I'm a, I'm a logical, rational person... I needed to start stop trying to be right on my terms and ignore how that was wrong. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And then there was another time where I was being especially non-submissive <laughs> during this season. This and is our favorite. One of the. I still need to make a poster of this. A, 
<laughs> he was a guest. A guest prophet. He came and he prayed for. We were prayed for individually. I'm put it on the ceiling right above her. Bed. You better shut the up. Is and he said, "Huh." He was like, he didn't say you're not being submissive, but he said, "You have to trust your husband because your husband has the blueprint for your marriage." Like your husband has to, or like heaven, blueprint, yeah, blueprint of heaven. Blueprint from heaven or something, yeah, something like that. And I was, was and Jesse was dancing and I was like, (laughs) okay, I reject that prophet lie. Not for me. You are a false prophet. Yeah. But, you know, when I thought about it, I was like, I could see how that fit into my life at that very moment. Just Mm -hmm. because of how I was feeling and the way that I... Uh, I basically was raging against my marriage at that point. So, yeah, we didn't seek out prophetic words, but they came to us. And it's funny how years later you can look at them and they can still be core moments where it's like, okay, I see what you were doing, God. I see how you spoke through those people. But luckily we were never, like, the type to be like, please give us a word. And we're kind of the same as you guys. Like, we're only now coming to this understanding of, like, professional counseling and therapy yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And we were lucky enough, we were blessed enough in God's goodness, just like you guys, mm-hmm. to get to a point where God brought people in your around life. us mm-hmm. who were able to give us those pieces of, of wisdom and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, godly counsel, as the Bible yeah. calls it. It may not be the professional kind, yeah. but it's from experience and from wisdom from God and, and from the heart that, that helped us kind of learn some of those things and, and, and grow and uh, but I know it would be so much uh, easier. So much you know, had to throw had, out. If we had oh gosh, that. that's what I wanted. To we ask. also had to throw out a lot of stuff that was told to us because she never we're learned older, how to cook for a black man. We're, so we're, that's one thing. Oh she really? Threw. I'm kidding. Really? <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> I guess you're gonna be eating cereal. Which, <laughs> Y'all don't um, shoot me for that, but I'm like, look, you are skinny and fit, bro. I am skinny. <laughs> okay. That's a shame. Okay. I'm joking, um, white person. <laughs> Uh, there would be, especially uh, we're, I guess we're like fifteen years older than you guys, so I think, and so I think also the time that where we came up, it was very much more like women stayed in the home. Like this was, this was actually preached like this is what it should be: is women are home. Yep. You raise the kids. You you the house is your domain. And you make your husband happy, and you make sure like everything's yeah. about making your husband happy, and you're he's very, supposed you're to breed kind of in that transitional y- yeah. yes. cultural season. Yes. Well, the funny thing is, I was from I'm from the city where we're a little bit ahead of that, right? We're like, no, people actually have to work, and so it might not look the same, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so I remember we like on one day t- it was when I was pregnant with um, Seda, and I was on bed rest, and some lady in the church was like, you know, even though. You're um, on bed rest, and you have to work more hours than your husband has to, because he was, like, working on weekends, and yeah. I, like, I had just gone on bed rest, but I was working, like, 90 hours a week before that, yeah. which is probably why I had to go on bed rest. She's like, you know, you, if he wants you to make him dinner, you still have to make him dinner. And I was like, uh, no. She must have, she must have, <laughs> must have read Mark Driscoll's book. Right. Uh, they actually, our church, uh, unfortunately, did. And um, oh, they did Jesus. that whole thing. And I was just like, that's not love. It was a huge I was like, how that is that love? Like, that is, and our marriage is never going to look like that. Because right. I knew from the beginning, 
from the beginning, we were career. I was a career person. Yeah. The housework was always the house stuff was always going to be divided because it had to be, and I was always going to ha- have a career. The kids were the surprise. Like that was not in the plan that we had to figure out. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was like, wait a second, this is a bit of an obstacle here. Because <laughs> we both thought we were just going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were in a culture that wasn't like that. And actually, even though from the city, the, the his uncle's church was kind of like that too. Like, does it doesn't matter how many hours you work, you're responsible for the house. And I'm like... Yep. That's no. yeah, basically, <laughs> and you know what? You and if you, and, and, no and I have nothing against people who want it that. If you both want it that way, yeah. if the wife right. wants it that way and the husband wants it that way, totally fine. I hope you find each other. I hope you're married yeah. to each other, but don't try to make someone who's not like yeah. that that yeah. way. That's not. God, and that's so it, true yeah. for everything. It's like don't yeah. judge. Again, what's about say? Don't think more highly of yourself than you are. You're right. So just because like you're a career independent woman, don't look down on the home. I, yeah, home absolutely builder. not. Right. If that's what she loves to, if right. she's happy, if she chose that, I mean, can I right. understand if it's some force that she's unhappy. Then there's other conversations to be had. Right. But there are people who are gifted for that. That's yes. right. Called by God to that, and yes. we shouldn't be looking down on people because they don't fit our cultural paradigm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because again, the body is diverse and the exactly. purposes it calls it diverse and what works for one couple and what works for one personality what works for one person is not the rule for everybody exactly. else. So we always it try to be. do that. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we always, our our existence, it always is on a pedestal. We always think that we're doing it better than those poor mm-hmm. other people. That's what we thought we first... Oh, uh, well, we thought that before we got married. <laughs> we were like, we're going to be the we best married couple. We basically thought we were going to be the best married couple ever. ever. <laughs> Like, I, love, that, I, I don't know if I said that in the first episode. Or if we I said think it was the second one. Where I was like, "Look, these couples who were like they just get married and they're like, because we were so we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast, guys, yes. because we want to help other couples yes. have an amazing marriage like us. And all the people yes. who've been married for ten we're years or more are like, channel. oh my we're god, can you stop, please? We legit thought that we like nobody had ever loved anybody the way we loved each other. We oh my god, knew it. <laughs> We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. And then we got married. And Well, even before like, we got married, stuff started hitting the fan. Stuff started hitting the fan. But it really, for between us, it really yeah. didn't hit until after we got married. But, yeah. um, man, thank God that we're past that and we learned so much from it. As we're wrapping up, what would you guys tell uh, newlyweds and some uh, women who've been married 14, 15, maybe 20 years that might be kind of like, oh, I'm just in it for the kids. Or or they don't have kids and they're like, why are we still together? Nothing's really happening. Like, what have you learned that has helped you stay? With these two knuckleheads. With, with <laughs> just stick ahead, with it. Because we know we ain't about? easy. Um, I would say... Like that, no? <laughs> You better not say that while I answer this question. Uh, (laughs) I would say the difference between the year one and year 12 and year 14 of being together is I genuinely enjoy being with Jesse. Like, we have fun. We are enjoying each other. We're finding things we enjoy together. Um, And I think that's a big key to marriage. Mm -hmm. If you don't enjoy the person... It's going to be really hard to spend the rest of your life with that. Yes. And it is going to be a long ride. Going back to the beginning where it says soul match. And, yes. of course, <laughs> you know, of course, we've been through our stuff. We've gone through ups and downs. We're still going through ups and downs. But I think 
uh, when you know the intent of a person, just like you were talking about yeah. Mariah, you were like, I thought Tommy was going to hurt me. I thought Jesse was trying to hurt me, mm-hmm. and I thought he was being intentional about it. But when you know the intent of a person, mm-hmm. when you know their heart is for you, when you see them in their absolute best and their worst, um, and you find things in life that you enjoy about one another, it's made our marriage so much better. Um, so I would say enjoy yes (laughs) have fun stop you know I talk to a lot of couples and I think that's one of the main things that happens is somewhere along the line they forget what it's like to be loved and to be in love Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not about being in love like the butterflies and the romantic feelings but it's about this enduring passion Mm -hmm. for the other person Uh, so I would say enjoy each other and I cannot overemphasize how important it is to communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, going back to just the counseling and just, you know, the more I know myself, the more I'm able to then understand how I process things. And I can take into consideration Jesse's personality, how he processes things. And then we're able to communicate clearly in a way where we understand one another. Mm-hmm. That was the whole first three or four years of our marriage was we were talking but we were talking in circles and we were talking mm. two complete different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, so communicate, even small things. Yeah. I, uh, you know, there was one time where I was upset about something and we were around Jesse's family and I was hurt like for the rest of the night. And when we got in a car, I had a decision. I was like, okay, I could flip out or I could not. So I went home prayed about it and I think later that week in the car I was like you know can I talk to you about something I was like you know you did this and it really hurt me and I know you didn't intend to hurt me but it did and so I just wanted to let you know that that wasn't okay that that violated my feelings Um, and I just wanted to put that out there because it's still on my heart so it's still bothering me and Mm -hmm. if it's an issue I need to bring it up if that was in the beginning of our marriage First of all, Jesse would have got proud. He would have been defensive. Mm-hmm. But instead, in that moment, he heard me because in that moment, I would have blown up at him. And it would have right. became even bigger. Yeah, the so, issues, you would have tried to deal yeah. with it in the midst of your highest emotional and state. It would have been explosive. I can't even process because that's not how I am. And so by me taking time to just breathe through it, process wow. through it, pray through it, him hearing my heart. He was able to then say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize that. And so the next time we were in a situation with this family, he asked me, am I doing okay? Is every, Are you feeling mm-hmm. okay? And I'm like, Not to yeah. mention I was shook it because I was like, hold up. You held this to yourself for two days? Yeah, like yeah. I did. I was praying about it. Like, calmly? Like I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, because that's not how we dealt with that's stuff. Dope. So yeah. again, it's the more you learn about yourself and the more you, God is able to reveal some of the things in your life and how you process things, you're able to then communicate clearly, which communication is always the bedrock of every relationship, whether it's marriage, True. friendship, you know, platonic, romantic. Um, so yeah. That's basically the two things I would say. Other 
that. Don't follow anybody's advice because it's not one size fits all. Please do not. Please. I mean, we had people coming up to don't, our... Don't blindly follow other people. Yeah, we had people coming up to us telling yeah, us all kinds yeah. of stuff. Like, oh, you guys are going to have sex every day. And then, oh, well, we might not have sex every day. I'm like, what the heck? Like, yeah. we had all kinds of advice. And it was like, you know what? Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't. Like, let us go through things. Yep. And, so, yep. you know. All the nasties come out in church when you get For real. Bro, bro, did you, did you get it tonight? I have this little did book I want to show bro? you. I know. Bro. It was like, finally, like, right? So much more about you than I even I can't even look at you right now. What about you guys? What have you guys learned? What would you tell somebody else? A lot of what you said, I, I uh, think that that's all true. Um, for us, definitely laughing. Um, even when we're upset each other, upset at each other, I think we still can eat. Sometimes we even laugh in an argument or we're smiling or trying not to laugh. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's really helpful. Um, again, what you said, I feel like I'm just going to be repeating what you said, working on yourself and knowing what your own issues are um, and focusing on what you do have control over, which yeah. is you. Um, but just like working on healing and Trusting God for me, it's um, it's really trusting. It's it's not trusting God is like such a pithy little statement that yeah. I was taught in church, Plot but to me, it's come to a, have a different meaning for me. It means trusting that God loves me, that He's cool with me, yeah, and that like He thinks I'm the bomb, and yeah. that He's got Tommy, and He thinks He's the bomb. And that I can trust him. That yeah. that to me is what it, it's it's different than just well trust the Lord and have faith. Like to me, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's more like God loves him. God loves me, and I can really trust that God will lead us through anything. Mm-hmm. And doing the work, doing the work, not pretending. We never pretend. We're the last people to pretend everything's okay. Like we talk communication, talking it out. And um, really, for me, uh, uh, the final thing I think was um, I just went through like eight weeks of um, of neuro, uh, neuroscience based uh, therapy, mm-hmm. and she happened to be a Christian, but that wasn't like the, it was. It was basically based on um, science. science of healing brain trauma, and it helped tremendously um, for me to not trigger so much. Yeah. Because it doesn't, you can be right and still be wrong. Yeah. And so, like, I might have been right in my view, but the response was not helping. Yeah. But I, it wasn't, it wasn't my fault. I was responding that way because it was a trigger. I was yeah. just responding out of trauma. Reacting. Yeah, I was reacting. I wasn't even responding. So, like, so I would say, you know, get healed, <laughs> trust Jesus, laugh a lot, um, and be. Like, um, I know he's my number one cheerleader and fan, and I'm his number one. And if anybody tries to be his number one over me, they're going to get cut. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen. sister. Okay, and fine. I have fine. backup. I'll be number two. I, I have a backup. <laughs> Genesis will yes, help me cut right. you. That's right. Amen. When two or three are gathered. This is called the faith chair. <laughs> the faith chair, not the murder chair. <laughs> David probably both like to listen to a podcast called The Murder Chair. She does. They're probably both going to go search to be like, I love it. I'm all about it. All about murder. We don't like to Let's start our adjacent, our faith adjacent podcast. The Murder Chair. We kill the talks. We kill the 
folks in our chair. <laughs> who are we killing today? Yeah, yeah, theirs will be a roasting podcast where they kill people. Like, right? Who's in the chair today? Let's see. Oh Let's my see. gosh. Yeah. That, that I'm so glad you guys came and just added, brought some life to the podcast, some laughter to the podcast. Um, and uh, the other side, the other perspective of what it's like to be married to um, to such great, amazing men of God. Oh, you're so oh my lucky gosh. to be married to him. <laughs> oh my! Isn't God. he amazing? Wow. Yeah, that's that's what I get for being married to her. You know what I'm saying? I don't yes. think anybody tells her that. <laughs> they tell her things like, "Oh my God, girl, what is it like being married to Jesus?" They do. One of my homegirls were like, she was like, "What does it feel like to be married to Jesus?" Was she saying it in a good way? Or no. Oh. <laughs> oh, she was being sarcastic. No, no, she was being serious oh. and not funny. Like, oh, she was like, "What like, does it feel like to be married to Jesus?" Too. Like, she meant it. And so when Matson's, when Tara was like, "Well, it's kind of funny because you're kind of everything, kind of like Jesus," <laughs> I started dying. I was like, "There we go, confirmation." Crazy. Yeah. But yes. Thank you guys so much for coming, and thank you, babe, for not cursing as much as you wanted. <laughs> really appreciate it. We'll wait till you guys uh, really turn appreciate. This we'll wait till the second <laughs> one. Right, second it's one. like uh, this American Life. If you want the episode with the unedited, <laughs> unedited version, go over to the Murder Chair podcast. <laughs> hey, I will. Get there. <laughs> There probably is one, and we just sent them a whole bunch of business. Right, right like, exactly. Oh, there is a business. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not we want, Genesis. We want Mariah. part of that, part of those proceeds. Right. Just for the shout out. Oh, and Jesse, I give you permission to cut out anything I said that wasn't wise. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's all wise. Tommy and Mariah just so happen to be like one of our top favorite couples. They're so funny. Same and twinning. Vice versa. And so it's good. Find some. In the end of the you kind of just have to move to Augusta. I mean, Augusta, Atlanta. Well, according to Tommy, we're going to road trip over there with you guys. He just like pulled that out in the last episode. It we're would gonna be do so it. fun. Let's He's like, it. the party's yeah. going to be with us. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Let's do it. I'm I'm all for it. That would right. be dope. Jesse, if anybody has any questions, comments, uh, hate mail, topic. <laughs> Send them to Jesse. Straight <laughs> to Jesse. Topic, topic Straight to Jesus. If, if, you have <laughs> a, if, you go. if you have a petition for Genesis and Ryan to replace us, I If you'd rather listen to them instead of us, if you want us to end the faith chair and start the murder chair, oh <laughs> yes. you can let That's us it. know. <laughs> you can you can uh, you can contact <laughs> us uh, Facebook, in, uh, Instagram, oh, Twitter. Gosh. Uh, at the faith chair will uh, get you to us on any of those social media platforms <laughs> and then you can email us directly at oh faithchairpodcast at gmail dot com if one person says yeah we want you to <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry the faith chair is over they're we more fun to listen to you. <laughs> we want them you guys are kind of boring right? <laughs> anyway y'all have a great weekend we out Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture.